good morning again, Friendship Church. Good to see you here this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, good morning. <laughs> We're friendly church around here. We are in a uh, second week of three weeks in Jude. Last week is our first week in Jude, second week in Jude, and next week is our third week in Jude. And so this short series, I hope that you hear my heart in what I'm talking about over the next uh, three weeks, last week, and then this week. And next week is a very, very encouraging message, and so I'm looking forward to, uh, to an up- encouraging message. Um, but especially last week and, and this week, I hope that you hear my, my heart in what I said last week and what I'm saying again this week as well, and what Jude was talking about and what he was preaching to his people uh, there in the church uh, to hold on to the faith, to contend for the faith, to fight for the faith. Um, and this was a big deal for him because he was seeing that there were people that were, that were not coming in from the outside, but, but from the inside that were leading people astray, these false teachers, and leading people astray basically because of this idea of these, these uncontrolled desires. There's nothing wrong necessarily inherently with having desires, wanting things, but these uncontrolled desires um, were creeping into the church. They were taking their eyes off of Jesus. And Jude was kind of screaming this warning to the church to not do this. And so listen, I, I would say that I don't think that anybody in this room, if we're trying to keep our eyes on the Lord, would be somewhere over here and, and would, would create or, or, or would, would uh, commit a, a, like an unspeakable sin or something over here that we're going to see on the internet or read on the news tomorrow. I understand that. But can someone in the room, even in this room, take a step away from the Lord, take their eyes off the Lord even for a brief moment? Yes, absolutely. Everyone in this room, including myself, if we do not keep our eyes on the Lord, can take a step this way. And then in just a few short weeks, take another step this way and take a step this way. And that's the thing about sin is sin will always take you further than you want to go. And so you think, well, it's not, just, it's, just, it's not that big of a deal if I do this or whatever, and then the next thing is not that big a deal, and the next deal is not that big a deal, and then you shake your head, and you come to your senses, and you look back, and you go, how long have I been walking on this road? Simply because I did not hold firm to the faith, keep my eyes on Jesus, and if we are not careful, then we are going to drift. And I don't want, I, I, I feel Jude's heart here that I do not want to see you drift in any way. I certainly don't want you to be over here. I don't want you to be here. I want you to be here with your eyes on Jesus all the time. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what Jude has to say and then even a little bit how to stay right here to keep us from going this way um, as well. So Jude, we're going to be in the book of Jude, second to last book of the Bible. You can turn there. There's Revelation and in the book Right before that is Jude. Of course, we'll have the scriptures on the screen as well. Um, last week, the, the main thing that Jude was talking about, or the main the bad theology that these false teachers were bringing in, is what they were saying was, because Jesus died on the cross, grace is enough. You can live the way that you want to, however you want to, and it'll be fine because God's grace will just cover it up. And boy, isn't that what, how people are living today. They just live however they want to live. This is what I think is right, 
or this is what someone else is doing, and it sounds good to me, and we're living that way, and we'll do a couple of good things, like we'll go to church every now and again, or we'll say a couple nice words to people, and we'll say, God's grace should cover all of this stuff. It doesn't matter how I live. Problem is, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so if you don't keep God's commandments, then you do not love God, and we will not receive eternity with heaven, in heaven one day with him. And so Jude screams this warning, and I'm going to talk about this warning here today to keep us from not drifting. So Jude chapter 8, I'm sorry, verse 8, there's just one chapter in, the, in Jude, uh, verse number 8, he just went through three examples of people who used to be um, in the Lord and then they drifted away. And then he says this <clears throat> in verse 8, in the very same way, on the strength of their dreams. So now we're talking about the people who are over here. Okay, Judah's talking about the false teachers are over here. So not people here or here, but here so much. Okay, okay so right here um, is who uh, that Jude is talking about. Uh, he says, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. So on the strength of their dreams, that might mean one of two things. Number one... Uh, they think that they're bigger than they are. In Arkansas, we say they're too big for their britches. Is that, y'all heard that before? Yes? I know in Arkansas, that's how we say it in Arkansas. They think she's so too big for her britches. Okay. So she thinks she's something, okay? Or he thinks he's something. And so they walk in the door and they just expect everyone to look at them. So uh, that's what these people are thinking. Either that or, or maybe both and, it says that based on their dreams, they believe that they have received some sort of special revelation from God that all us commoner people don't have. And so we need to follow them. Yeah, the Bible's okay, but really follow us because we have this special revelation. And Jude says, watch out for those people who all their teaching comes from them and their wisdom, not so much from the Bible, but for them and their wisdom. So watch out for those people. These are ungodly people who pollute their own bodies. This is live the way that they want to live. They can drink what they want, eat what they want, do what they want. They pollute their own bodies. They reject authority. Think about it. These people who are false teachers, maybe they're not the pastor, but they're these people over here, and they want to take influence away from who God has put in place and so they reject the authority. They want people to follow them, not uh, the Bible or in the Word of God. And heap abuse on celestial beings. What in the world is he talking about there? Let's look, verse 9. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these people slander whatever they do not understand and the very things they do understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them. Now you're thinking, wait, 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 wait. Michael was fighting with the devil for Moses' body. Where is that story in the Bible? I don't remember that. Well, if you would turn with me to nowhere, it's not in the Bible, okay? So you don't have to worry about that. Um, so Jude, two times in this short book of Jude actually quotes or takes from some, uh, some, some Jewish books that were held in high regard. So you, to the Jewish people, there was the Torah, and then there were several other books underneath that. Okay? And he actually quotes from two of them in this short book. So it, it, it's too much to go into these books, but I want to say more about it the next time he quotes another book. So let me just say um, that in this text, he's quoting from a a high-regarded Jewish book. We do not see it as scripture, 
But the point that he's trying to make, let's just go to the point that he's trying to make here, okay? Is that even when angels are fighting against demons, they're not fighting against their own powers. They fight on the authority of God. And so if the angels are not going to fight on their own authority, they're going to fight with the authority of God, then how much more should we, mere humans, not take on celestial beings, demons, the darkness, how much more should we not go attack that in our own authority and power, but we should do it with the authority and power of the Lord? Amen? Amen? That's the point he's trying to make with that story, okay? Now we'll go to some stories that are in the Bible. Here we go. Verse 11. Woe to them... They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error, and they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Now, he gives us three stories and examples of people who were at one time followers of the Lord and then drifted, and they drifted to a place where they can't believe that they probably drifted. And so let's look at these three stories quickly. You probably are most familiar with that first story of Cain, Cain and Abel, they were supposed to bring offerings to the Lord. Abel brought uh, a sacrifice to the Lord that was accepted by God. And Cain brought an offering to the Lord that was not accepted by God. It was not what God wanted him to bring. Cain immediately becomes jealous of his brother and then kills him. Goodness gracious, okay? Now, you may not go out and kill someone tomorrow, hopefully. Lord Jesus, okay? Keep us, okay? So you may not be here, but can you be jealous of someone? Absolutely you can. Now, I don't know what the length of time was between the sacrifice and the killing. I don't know how long. It could have been five minutes. It could have been a couple weeks. I'm not exactly sure. But there was some bit of time there where jealousy began to engulf Cain, and it got to the point where he went and slew his own brother. That's what I mean by sin always takes you further than you want to go. And, well, just a little jealous thought, that's not too bad. But you see where the destination is. And what happened with Cain is that he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to look at other people. What's Abel doing over here? Why did God accept his sacrifice and not mine? And you've heard me say this before. Keep your eyes on your own paper. God has given you something to do somewhere that he's taken you and where he's taken somebody else, that's great for somebody else, but God's taken you at a place. And so for you to look at somebody else and say, well, I wish God was doing that in my life. Well, God's about to do what he wants to do in your life. So let's not look at somebody else's paper. Let's look at our paper. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord. And what happened to Cain is he began to look at Abel, and he does what many people do, is we stop looking at God and we start looking at those around us and comparing ourselves to others. And we're either better off in our own eyes, which bring, brings pride, or we're lower in our own eyes, which brings so many other things like jealousy. That's when gossip can begin. Can you believe so-and-so over here, da-da-da-da? And then it turns to slander. And I know that Cain didn't slander and, and, and gossip, but what I'm saying is there are many cities on the road to destruction. <laughs> okay? And so once you start looking at other people all these other things can start to come up. And so I want to ring the, the bell here where if you start feeling yourself getting jealous of somebody else, turn your eyes to Jesus. Turn your eyes off of them. Turn to Jesus. If you start feeling yourself doing some of these other things, these gossip and slander, listen, it's very clear in the Bible, Matthew chapter 18 and other places, if you have a problem with someone, you go to that person. You do not go to somebody else and talk about it. 
Many churches have split or died because of this right here. If you have an issue, because sometimes you say, well, it's not a problem with them. I just don't know why they do something. No, 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 no. If you have anything with them, you go talk to them. If you have a situation with A and you talk to B, you are wrong immediately. Go and talk to that person. This person doesn't have an answer for you. This person might will kind of feed into your need to feel heard, but the problem is still going to be there. Go and talk to that person. The point is, we take our eyes off Jesus and we begin to look at other people. That's what Cain did. The second one, uh, Korah. I'm sorry, the second one's Balaam. Balaam was a prophet in Israel, and he would speak out against other kings by revelation of the Lord. So think about this. He's a prophet. He would receive revelation from God as a prophet and then speak out against other people. And then this pagan king comes in and is tired of all of his revelations and says, I want to pay you money to speak out against Israel and the God of Israel. That sounds crazy. And so Balaam immediately rejects it, goes home and thinks about it, and comes back and accepts the money and speaks out against Israel. Now you think about that. At one point, he was receiving revelation from God and was the mouthpiece of God for God's people. And then because of some monetary, temporary profit, he completely turns his back on the Lord. Now that didn't happen in one day. He went home and he thought about it. And he thought about it. And he thought about it. And then he decided to be over here. That's why I say... We have got to watch ourselves. Once we start feeling that there is a drift here, we come back to the Lord and we look straight ahead. And he in a, accepted this temporary blessing. <laughs> and sometimes we get something from somebody else and call it a blessing when God didn't have that for us. We accept and are content with the things that God has blessed us with and given us. We don't go around and try to get, get it from somebody else. And so we put our focus and we accept our blessings from God. And, God. and he was in the middle of God's blessings, but it wasn't enough for him. He wanted something else. Money, man, can, can ruin marriages, lives, by putting our focus on money and not on the Lord. Then we go to Korah. Now maybe you don't remember the name Korah, but you maybe remember that there were some people in the Israelites that God opened up the earth and then swallowed them. Do you remember that story? Okay, well, that's Korah. What Korah was, we, so we had Moses at the top, and then there was uh, Aaron, and then there were some other priests and other people that were kind of in charge. I mean, there was a million and a half people that Moses had to take care of, and so we had other people. So Korah wanted to be in charge. Not just the people down here, not just the priests. He wanted to be Moses. And he actually got some followers and said, who is this fellow who thinks that he is somebody? And so this Korah actually came up against the authority of Moses. And because God had put Moses there, came against the authority of God. And we find out that God is, um, uh, he likes the authority that he puts on that he, he places people in a certain place of authority, and it is so important to him. And so we have to watch out wanting, uh, wanting 
um, like the control, the power ourselves. We have got to watch that with everything that is inside of us. That God has put people that are over us, that are leading us, and we can follow in that way. Now, sometimes what we'll do is we will, it's not that we want to be the pastor, but we sure wouldn't mind like in the, in the shadows back here kind of pulling all the strings, like making all the decisions, that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, you can be the front guy or whatever, but I want to be the one back here doing this. And we have to watch out for that. We have to watch out for that attitude um, because we want to be seen as important. We want to be making some decisions, whatever it may be. And so these people uh, begin to drift away from the Lord. So really, if you think about it, it's taking our eyes off of Jesus and onto other people, onto monetary things, onto power in our own right, anything that begins to take us away from the Lord, and all three, it led to their destruction. We've got to check and watch ourselves. Verse 12, these people, now Judas, once again, talking about these people, but he's talking about it for the church, the people who are tempted to be right here. He's talking about them, but for us right here that are tempted. It says, These people are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn autumn trees without fruit and uprooted twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been forever been reserved forever. Okay, that's a lot of metaphors, okay? So let's kind of break those down a little bit just to kind of help us out. So these people are blemishes at your love feasts. So what they used to do is when they took communion, they would actually have dinner beforehand. So they would come and they would have a potluck and they would bring some food and they would have community. And then at the end of the potluck, at the end of the community, they would take communion together to remind them why we're all together here in the first place. Which, by the way, is a really good idea. So we need to mark that there. I, I like that idea. And they called them love feasts, is what they called them. So what Judah's saying is that at your love feast, they just kind of walk in and act like they run the show. And you got your potluck there, and everybody's there in community, and they come in, and they're the types of people that they want to be at the front of the line. They're not going to bring anything to the potluck, but they carry two plates back for themselves. Okay. Our next potluck, y'all are going to be, <laughs> I'll just have a roll, thank you. <laughs> but that's, that's, what they, that's what they would do. They would come in, and they would take everything from everybody, but they would not actually bring anything as well, because that would be a sacrifice. And they would take from everybody else, and they just walked in like they owned the place. And Jude says, you know who these people are. They're just walking in like they own the place. Then he says that they are like shepherds who feed only themselves. Now, I know we don't know much about shepherds in 2023, but we do know one thing. Their job is to take care of the sheep. And as shepherds or people in position, they don't actually take care of themselves or they don't actually take care of the sheep. Everything they do is to take care of themselves. And so even the things that they do for other people, it's so that they can be seen doing it for other people. So they're shepherds who only take care of themselves. Then we go to some metaphors from nature. It says that they are like clouds without rain. 
Basically, they are all show and no substance. Have you seen here, even in Texas, who we don't get a lot of rain, have you seen a, a dark cloud and you're thinking, good, we're going to get some rain, finally, and the cloud just kind of passes over us and it never actually rains? Yeah, we've seen that a few times, okay? What is that? They promised refreshing truth, but they left the people feeling spiritually dry. That's who these people are. They come in and they're seen, but they don't actually add anything to our lives and to the church. So watch out for these. They are like trees without fruit. That means they have the ability to grow fruit. They're a tree, but they lack the inner nourishment to have the fruit actually grow. So yes, we see the tree. It's tall and the branches are wide, but where are all the apples at? Because they don't have the the Holy Spirit on the inside that allows them to grow fruit. And it says that they are actually twice dead, which means that there's a physical death, but then they are going to experience a spiritual death as well. Wild waves of the sea, he says. They make a lot of noise, but it amounts to nothing. Have you been to the beach? And you and you you'll walk out there to the beach and you get you'll see this wave rushing in, and it's got the white foam, you know, and it's, and you hear it like it crashes and it's really loud, and then the water kind of comes up to your feet and it just kind of dissipates and it just disappears. That's what these people are. They make a lot of noise, everybody sees it, but then when it comes to it, when it actually gets to you, it's gone and there's nothing actually there. They don't do anything. And then finally, he calls them wandering stars. They appear bright, but they offer no guidance. For years and years, shipmen have used stars to guide them, to know where you're supposed to go. It's late at night, you can't see anything, and so you look at the stars, the constellations, all this. But he calls them wandering stars because they're not in a fixed place. They're over here, and then they come over here, and what it does is they, they do not guide you anywhere. They get a following, but they don't actually take you anywhere because they're wandering. Watch out for these people, not just in, ch- in the church, but outside the church. That's why we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And when we follow people, many times they are like clouds without rain. They are trees who don't bear fruit. They are wild waves of the sea or they are wandering stars. For a short time, you feel good when you are with them because something happens, but then nothing actually happens. And so he is warning us against people like this. Then we go to verse 14. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them and all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness. And, all, and of all the defiant words, ungodly sinners have spoken against him. There's a few ungodlies there. He's trying to make the point. Now, here is Enoch. This is from the book of Enoch. It's also from Deuteronomy as well. But this is the second time that he quotes not a book of the Bible, but but an exalted work um, in Jewish writings. And so this is actually helpful to us um, in believing in this scripture right here. Because for those of you who don't know who Enoch was, he lived before the time of the flood. And uh, he walked and talked with the Lord and was so righteous that the Lord just took him, that he didn't actually die. He's one of two people that didn't die. I'm not sure the logistics of it, but he, he did not die. Now, we believe that he sinned. All of sin and comes toward the glory of God. But that he was so righteous, he walked for 300 years and was taken uh, to the Lord. Now, that guy wrote a book. 
called the Book of Enoch. And so you're thinking, well, man, why don't we hear about that stuff? He didn't actually write it, but there were things that he said that were written about 110 B.C., something like that, about 100 years before Jesus was born. So he lived a long time between the things that he said and the things that he wrote. And so there is, um, this helps us out, actually. Okay, this helps us out. Somebody was asking about the book of Enoch a couple of months ago, too. Just because something is true doesn't mean that it's inspired. There's the inspired word of God, which is this right here, these 66 books that we are thankful for, okay? But there are true things in other books. You, maybe their foundations are from here. There are true things. But the inspired word of God is this right here. But what's helpful is um, that this Bible, all the authors were, were one or, or like two people away from what actually happened. And so we can put our faith and trust that when, we, when they put the Bible together, that we got the books that Jesus wanted us to have, that God wanted us to have. When Enoch, some of the stuff that came out, there are truthful things in the book of Enoch, but there's also a couple of weird things in there. So when they were putting the Bible together, they didn't see it as inspired. They just saw it as some wise things that Enoch said. And so once again, we can have faith and we can have our convictions that this is the word of God that, that nothing got in. See, the reason why all these books are in is because no one had a doubt. Should this book be in? They all believe that it should have been, so we can believe in this Word of God. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for us. But he does quote Enoch. He was a very religious man, and so that's fine. What he said was true. The ungodly people are not going to have their way, that the Lord is coming soon, so get ready. And then verse 16, it says, These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. Do you see, like, just the attitude that Jude is kind of speaking out against? If we're going to be Christians, if we're going to love the Lord, if we're going to do what God wants us to do, if we're going to act in service, just the, the attitude of us is one of following Jesus Christ, not of satisfying our own desires. Not in just satisfying what I think about something or what somebody else thinks about something. We keep our eyes on the Lord. And so there are some that one little thing bad happens to them and they become grumblers and fault finders and pointing things out. That's Obviously, that's not the way that God wants us to live, is it? God wants us to serve with humility and love for each other and a great attitude of unity and all these things. It says they follow their evil desires, their uncontrolled desires. They boast about themselves and they flatter others for their own advantage. And some people, they, they just give encouragement so that you can like them, so that when they need you, they can use you. And so we've, we've got to watch out for people like this. And, and, and the way that we, one way that we do that is that we keep ourselves in the love of Christ by keeping his commandments. We keep our eyes on the Lord and we follow him in every way. And that's what Jude is screaming at the early church. Do not follow these over here that don't even have the mind of Christ, really. They're just doing whatever they want to do. Verse 17, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own, once again, 
ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts, and do not even have the Spirit. We've got to watch out for these people and that we do not become these people just because we simply drift a little bit away from the Lord. Romans 8, 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's so important for us to keep our minds on what the Spirit desires for us. That's what Paul is talking there. That there, if we find ourselves only doing what our flesh wants to do, we can go ahead and assume that we are not walking in the Spirit. That we're doing what we want to do. Finally, verse 20. Verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith. It's like, how, how do we do this? How do we stop from not just getting here, how do we stop from getting here? What are we supposed to do? Verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith. How do you build yourself up in the most holy faith? You read the word of God. That's where we hold on to the faith. We get this Bible and we read it and we know it and we memorize it and we know it. We know what the word of God says. You build yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. We pray. We spend time in prayer. Keep yourself in God's love. Keep yourself in God's love. How do you keep yourself in God's love? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's right. See, we, we, want, we, we think that there's, like there's got to be a new way to be a Christian. No. It's the simple things. Read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. Uh, love, love his commandments. It's the simple things. It's the simple things. And when we start rejecting or moving away from those things right there, we will find ourselves drifting. And yeah, we still love God and church is fine. But those simple things, that's what we miss out on. That's what we begin to lose. And we think, but there's got to be more than that. There's, there's more, yes, there's more in the grace of God to, to take us where God wants us to go. But I'm talking about staying in the faith, staying right here with God. That's what you do. You build yourself up in the faith. That's reading the scripture. You pray in the Holy Spirit and you keep God's commandments. As you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're waiting for. That's what next week's message is about. Eternal life. When we stay right here, we will have this eternal life. And what they were doing is they were living by their own fleshly desires. And maybe they had this thought of, well, you know, God will overlook a couple of these small sins because I've been faithful for a long time. And I'm here to tell you, that is a drift from the Lord. That is a drift. God does not overlook sin because of things that you have done. You know what that is? That's living on your righteousness, not God's righteousness, which we have talked a lot about. It's not about what you did 30 years ago. Are you in the faith right now? Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the faith, let us keep in step 
with, I'm sorry, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So those of us who say we live in the Spirit, that means we go where the Spirit goes. The Spirit's going this way, I'm right there with you. The Spirit's going this way, I'm right here with you. Everywhere we go, it's not I used to live in the Spirit. And we looked, and Jude gave three examples of people who lived by the faith at one point in their life. Korah might have even been one of those people who painted over the doorframe at Passover. And then later, rebels. There was a drift. Did he, as the earth was opening up, did he think, how did I get here? It's because there was a drift. It wasn't one day. It was a drift. And so we keep our eyes here. Not on other people, not on money, not on our power, not on our own fleshly desires. But we keep our eyes here. And we can look forward to an eternity with heaven. And I thank you, Jesus. I know, I know that's not a shouting message today. I know. I know. But it is a message that we need to hear. I know you're not here, but I don't want you here. I want you here. Right here. So can we stand together? We're going to go before the Lord, and we're going to worship Him. We're going to worship Him. And I want you to, I want you to worship the Lord with gratefulness. If you're here today, and maybe you kind of feel that Maybe that's why I don't quite feel in step with the Spirit. I mean, I'm not one of these crazy false teachers, but maybe I, something's just not quite. Maybe it's this right here. And so you want to ask and you want to talk to the Lord, say, God, bring me back. You've heard the prodigal son, Jesus, or the father, was there with open arms welcoming him home. I know it's not... Horrible things, but it's a drift. And I'm preaching against just this drift right here that we stay committed to the Lord. So I do want to open up these altars. If you want to come pray, say, Lord, keep me from this drift. Keep me from this kind of fading over here into my own fleshly desires. I want to stay right here in your love every day of my life. Every day of my life, I want to keep your commandments. I want to open up these altars and you can pray. But other than that, Let's for sure lift a praise to the Lord and even a prayer to the Lord. It says, God, keep me in the faith. Help me to hold tight, to contend for the faith. Let's go before the Lord. Let's pray and let's sing and let's worship to him this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you for meeting us here today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. That steadfast word that keeps us faithful to you. Lord, you have been faithful to us, even though time and time and time and time again we have wanted to move our own direction and, and satisfy our own desires and do our own thing and put our eyes on other people and other things. Lord, you have remained faithful. You have remained faithful. And God, I say thank you. For those in the room that are at a danger of drifting. God, I, I pray that they would not justify in their own mind. It's not that bad. It's just a little thing. 
Lord, it's those little things, it's those small steps the other way that lead us down a path that we do not want to go. And it takes us to a destination that we surely do not want to go. So God, I thank you for your word here today. I thank you for being a perfect model of steadfastness for us. Hallelujah, Lord. And we thank you at times for your convicting presence and power. Thank you, Lord, because we need it. We want to stay on the straight and narrow. I don't even want to drive on the shoulder, Lord. I want to stay right in the lane. Right in your lane. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Keep us on the straight and narrow. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.